Hey everybody, welcome back for episode 29 of That Scale RC Show. My name is Jeremy Kendall, one of your hosts, along here with... Adam Dean. And today we have a special guest that we've been meaning to try and get on here for quite a while. And uh, our schedule's finally aligned, so um, why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. Guest? Uh, my name is Chris Jones, and I work for Ultra Running, the footwear company. And also represent Gel Ultra, who um, does the 5K trail running races with RC cars. Which is awesome and has a pretty cool and uh, continually, you know, continually uh, seems to grow quite a bit here too in popularity. Um, I know if, not necessarily the Scale Ultra series, but up here. Uh, the trail running stuff is starting to catch on pretty big. Um, there's some other outfits doing it, but uh, still, like, the sport, the whole hobby in general, though, is really, you know, continuing to gain traction, so that's pretty cool. It's still one thing I yet to finish. I know. I want to finish one so bad. <laughs> like, I don't care if I have to, like, walk and on my hands and knees towards the end. Like, I just want to do one. Well, I have a feeling my body can handle it. It's I can I can never seem to build a car to last long enough. Which is yeah, which is we're gonna find out here talking to Chris. That's a pretty huge part of the equation too. So that'll be pretty sweet. So you want to get things rolling with Chris and uh, go over our questions that we have for him so that everybody can get to know him. Yeah, we'll start out with the icebreaker questions. Um, these are nothing uh, fancy, so feel free to answer them however you want. Um, it's a short little questionnaire and we started off with uh, what was your first scale crawler um, that I used or that I owned mm, you can do either one your, your call you can answer however you want so uh, actually the first time I ever went scale crawling was uh, with Charlie Swanka who I'm sure a lot of you know <laughs> um, it was at Novak for a long time now he's at Hobby Wing he was actually a buddy of um a pro mountain biker. So I used to work for Cannondale Bicycles, and we had a pro mountain biker that was huge in the RC, did a lot of short course racing, did a lot of crawling, and we were at his house for an event, and I was there a couple days early, and Charlie and Mark took me out. They gave me the original, I believe it was the AX-10 orange deadbolt, and Charlie threw the remote and said, hey, try this out. And I had, um, we used to have a Jeep for a long time, just got a new one, not too long ago so we've always kind of grown up um, off-roading and going outside and so it was just cool to have like this little mini version and instantly fell in love with it and then not long after kind of met the Axial guys and got a good community with the, the Utah the 801 boys and from then just kind of fell in love with the sport so I'd say serious RC it's pretty new to me um, only been in the game probably four or five years but growing up, I had like an RC hovercraft that was pretty sick. We used to take it to the gym and just like drive it on the basketball court. And then I had like this old Dodge Viper that I thought was pretty sick. But looking back, it was probably like an $80 RC, but it worked and it <laughs> fast and it was fun. But um, so it's been it's been really cool to just kind of see all the different ways that people can do RC. Have the guys who are the super hardcore scale. You have the guys who are more performance-based. You have guys who are just hucking off stuff. And then kind of this cool new thing that we – not necessarily new. There's been people running behind RC cars for quite a while. But it's been cool to kind of see 
what this little microcosm trail running group has kind of done recently. Yep. No, uh, we're going to get into that because I know we have a lot um, to cover on that topic. Um, so for now, let's just continue with our uh, icebreaker. Um, so I guess, what would be your favorite scale crawler? Um, it would be a, a cross-up between my Axial Bomber or my SEX-10. Um, those, the Bomber is what we use for the 5Ks. It's just a fun fun crawler. I've got mine built pretty pretty much to the nines. Basically every single race we do, I, I tweak it and make it a little tougher and it's it's survived quite a bit. It's been zip tied and held together and survived. It's been a lot of fun. Um, it's got the sick SOR wrap on it that Jay designed for me. Um, and then I have a couple SEX 10s. I have a, a Forerunner that I really like. It's got a bunch of different parts on it. Um, Jay did this sick wrap for me on that one, and then it's got a Night Customs grill on the front with this, um, um, some cool tires. And I love accessorizing like I would a real Jeep and, and trying to make them kind of full scale. And so um, it'd probably be between those two right now. Nice. Two great choices. Um, favorite place to go crawling? Um, I was born and raised in St. George, Utah, and so I've, I've got to go St. George. Um, the uh, Red Rocks around there, Sand Hollow has some awesome stuff. There's some really cool lava rock stuff that not a lot of people know about. Um, there's this kind of different, I don't even know what kind of rock it is, but it's this really cool desert rock that crawls really well. And um, Pioneer Park is famous up there on the hill. They've had um, comp crawling competitions there, and We've done several 5Ks there, and so I think just total package. It's close to home. Um, tons of different rock, tons of different variety. There's some trails you can run out there too, and so definitely southern Utah. Nice. Yeah, that's one thing I definitely got to take a quick little break to say. I'm super. I am super jealous about the fact that you have Utah to crawl at. Um, I got family in Sandy, Utah, but I've never like. I haven't been in the RC my entire life, so when I used to go out there a lot, that was before the RC time, so I never, I haven't crawled Utah yet, so that's definitely on the bucket list. Yeah, Sandy's got some really good stuff close. Um, definitely hit up Mike and the West Valley Hobbies guys out there. They have some really cool granite stuff up a little cottonwood. Mm -hmm. Just these amazing slabs up on top, up on the ski resorts, and I mean, you can just hike for miles and just find tons and tons of rock. It's tons of cool stuff up there. Nice. Yeah, I know one of these days i got to get out there and explore. All right, and that leads us to our next question, which would be what is your favorite scale event? Uh, my favorite scale event has to be between Axial Fest and then Proline by the Fire. Axial Fest was the big, like, large, legit event that I'd gone to. And it was just cool pulling into Cisco Grove. Everyone's camped up. You've got lights everywhere. Everyone's got the tents going. And it's just cool because you have such a variety of people, such a variety of rigs show up. You have guys that saved every last penny they could to get gas to drive there. And then you have other guys pulling up in big baller RVs. And then at night, they all go out together. Everyone's an equal. They're just having fun. It's just that love of RC. And then Proline by the Fire went last year first time down at Horseman's, down in SoCal. Just amazing terrain, super cool. They had this incredible scale city, a ton of fun events, and just super cool vibe. Awesome. 
two two awesome events nice. to go to, all, and they're still continuing to grow to this day. So, I have two of the greatest ones I can think of. Um, next question. Yeah, by the fire next year is going to be huge. I have a feeling. Yeah, I still got. I'm trying to get down to that. I still have yet to beat the pro line by the fire. It's definitely worth the drive. So, next question is, if you were to walk into a hobby shop, what would be your next uh, scaler purchase? It would definitely be those brand new Yeti Junior sand paddles that I think they just came out today or yesterday. Right? Uh, <laughs> those we are so sick. Yeah, so the, if you guys haven't played with the Yeti Junior, those things are just stupid fun and... All the uh, 801 guys, I hang out with those guys the most, and so we hopped them up, we put brushless motors, we replaced all the parts, and so they're just these pissed-off little teeny things that just shred. <laughs> and That's they've so just been cool. so fun. And actually, Randall, at the at the 5K we had at the, um, what do you call it, Trail Hero down in St. George, he had a prototype there. And we're at the sand dunes, and they are super fun. They grip really well, and... Nice. It's it's funny. Me and Jay were just talking about that. He sent me those about like an hour before we started the show, and we were talking about it because I want to say at least six episodes ago, maybe eight, we were talking about paddles and how cool it would be to make some small scale paddles for the Yeti, and then or the Yeti Junior. And well, here we are. There they are. So, um. Last but not least, uh, favorite hobby shop. Um, so two hobby shops really got me in. Well, I, really three. I have to say thanks for three. Um, Jake's Performance Hobbies up in NorCal, they, uh, they kind of helped me get my first couple rigs. We built some custom ones to do some activities for Cannondale. And so Jake's Performance Hobby up in NorCal, he kind of got me set up. And then CKRC, I met them at Axial Fest, and they were a huge help of mine. And just love that family and the Copeland family, just so awesome what they do for RC. And then Mike at West Valley Hobbies in Salt Lake City, Utah, that whole crew, he really helped me um, get a lot of parts. He taught me how to build and is continually helping me build. I talk to him all the time, like, hey, what wire am I supposed to solder? Because I, I really am a noob to the building of RC. And so. Those three shops throughout the years have just been super supportive and super cool. And um, it's amazing that these these core hobby shops are still are still super relevant and awesome customer service. And, and make sure you support these guys. Yeah, um, the saddest yeah, part absolutely. though is the is the part about CKRC. I'm with you yeah. on that, but it's a sad day they had to close their door. So. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, that uh, can wraps up our uh, icebreaker. Um, I think we want to circle back and talk to, I guess, um, or address the meat and potatoes, the the whole Scale Ultra and what it's about. I know we kind of, uh, you know, talked about it a little bit, touched it a little bit at the beginning, talking about, you know, and me and Jay were like, hey, we need to finish an event. Um, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a little more background on what a Scale Ultra event is? Absolutely. Um, it's it's actually kind of a funny and cool story. So I mentioned earlier about Mark Weir. He was a professional mountain biker. He had connections through Axial, and 
originally we bought some axial rigs. We had a couple SEX tens. We had a couple two uh, two race, and we did like a custom just sticker job on them. And I built this really cool two by four and rocks, and we had these little like ghetto bridges. And we basically had these people who had never RC'd before. And in between these different meetings we had at a big Cannondale Cells event, we just let them go nuts and crawl. And it went over really well. And we had talked to the Axial guys, we had talked to Mark, and they're like, hey, what if we did this hybrid bike event with some RC cars and just go down to Gooseberry, Utah? If you guys don't know about it, it's just this amazing mountain bike destination, just insane rocks, insane we'll go down there we'll camp for the weekend if you don't know it's like right next to where Red Bull Rampage is and so actually where we were camping you could see all the jumps oh wow it was like three or four weeks after so it's like right there in that same area pretty close to Zion National Park just insane nice. mountain biking and so we went down there for the weekend and we basically made this hybrid enduro race where one day we rode cross-country bikes, one day we rode like hardcore enduro bikes, and then we added RC, and it was this, this fun contest, and RC was part of it. And so everyone took it super serious. We built all these SEX-10s, we built a track, and John Kerry and Rodney Wills and um, John Schultz all came to this event. And so we met each other. Rodney and I were both video nerds. We're both old BMX nerds. And so we were like instantly best buddies. And Rodney's like, hey, we have this event called Axial Fest, and we build all these trails. And there's some guys that like to do all the trails, and we call them the ultra drivers. And the problem is, is they run over the other guys, and it's causing conflict, and it's kind of a they can't share the trail, and so I had just barely begun working at Ultra Running, which is famous for their trail running shoes and their road running shoes. And so Rodney and I, on the side of a cliff in Gooseberry, Utah, just kind of came up with this idea that we were going to try at Axio Fest the next year. So we talked about, let's make it legit, let's focus more on the athlete, let's talk about running, let's have a full legit bib, let's do timing, let's do everything like a normal trail race, you just have to take your RC. And it's it's not new to run behind your car. Like the G6 guys, Parker and his crew, they've been doing some 12-hour, some 24-hour events. Um, there's some other guys doing some running things. There's some dudes in Europe that chase rally cars. I don't know if you guys have seen those videos on the internet. And so there's, no, that, there's some yeah, cool... Sorry, I was just saying, no, I haven't seen that one yet. That's that's new to me. The rally cars look super fun, dude. Like, there's a, a firefighter up here who has a track at his house that's, like, fully manicured banners and over-under bridge. Like, dude, it's ridiculous. It's yeah, really they, cool. Yeah, they don't, like, run the distance we do, but they do hot laps and just run right behind their car. And It's a, it's a pretty cool little thing, and so it's it's kind of this hybrid of all of those things with really the most focus on actual running. Like, we want people to run. We want people to try. But at the same time, we try to be pretty welcoming with it. Like, we want anyone to come try. Um, you have to build your rig, like we talked about earlier. It's important to have a, a legit rig. But at the same time, you got to survive. And 
a lot of guys come and walk it and it takes them a long time and it's it's a great achievement and other guys they want to blast through it so it's a good good mix for everyone and so we did that that first one was four and a half years ago at Axial Fest and they got behind it and they gave it a full legit track and it went off really well and a lot of people had fun and since then it's just been growing we've done a couple at King of the Hammers we've done one at Proline by the Fire we did one in Reno that CKRC helped us put on We've done three in St. George now, um, and so we've done a couple, couple mostly on the West Coast right now, uh, mostly because that's where all the guys who are super into it are, but it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the first time, I want to say it was around 2016, I think was the first scale ultra that I saw at Axial Fest. I could be wrong. You might have done it in 2015. I think it was 2015. Maybe, yeah. 2016 is when we, like, really got rolling. Yeah, I was going to say, because I know the first year we saw it, uh, we got a kick out of it because um, cause, uh, Cody Wagner was up there from LaserNut, and him and um, Randall were running around with the helmets on, and I was like, and that's when, like, we were kind of like, this is this is hilarious. <laughs> we got we to gotta get in on this. Yeah, that was, that was cool because they, like, I showed up to that event and I didn't even own an RC car. Really? Oh, really? And so, like, Rodney Rodney gave me an RTR bomber and the 801 guys and Jason Copeland's like, dude, you can't just do this race with an RTR. And so they, like, put a new servo in it and they um, gave me a steering link to try to protect the front end. And then I pretty much just went for it. And so it's been cool to kind of like evolve and build the car since then. And obviously it's a lot faster. It's full Tekken power now, brushless um, with the Rock 4. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's gotten pretty serious, but at the same time, it's super welcoming. And so we definitely don't want to be intimidating. Um, we, have, we have young kids, we have older guys, we have... Um, people who have never run in their entire life. We have people who used to run in high school. And so it's, it's mostly about having fun. It's about survival to see if you can actually get it. Um, it's this happy mix between driving and running. And to be honest, I love it because I'm not worried about running at all. Like I don't think about my legs. I don't think about how I can't breathe. I'm so worried about getting my car to survive and get to the track that at the end it's like, holy crap, I'm tired. But I didn't even <laughs> think about it because I was so worried about my car. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I was going to say, yeah, because I know uh, we both have – well, all three of us have a bunch of mutual friends that are big time into it. Um, I know Gene Boyd's into it. Tony Mazza. Um, I remember Jason Copeland actually, I think it was in 2018, his goal, because he said, okay, if this is going to be my last Axial Fest, you know, for my, you know, foreseeable future, I want to, I want to finish an ultra event. And he actually did the whole thing. I remember, uh, he, what did he do? I think he, I think his servo went out on like, I don't even know what lap it was. And I remember him bringing it over to the um, to the camp and we were it was like a pit crew we were sitting there we had all the tools out and we were just I mean we pulled that thing out put it back in and threw him back out there in like less than five minutes it was hilarious it's awesome yeah his son Brandon was super quick too he uh, yeah. at the Reno race he was up in the top three and then completely grenaded his front axle 
He ran. He put. He picked the car up. Ran all the way back to the camp. Did a complete axle swap, and then just ran his brains out. He was currently running cross country for high school, so he would fit. Plus, he's eighteen. So, those stupid kids—they oh, wow. never get tired. And yeah. He just blasted the last lap, and I think he ended up with third after doing a full axle swap. Wow. Yeah, it's impressive. So. Um, that's killer <laughs> that's really good it, it's been fun like one year axial fest this shows you how much of a noob i am um i got some new proline wheels and i didn't put them all the way over the nut so they were only gripping like maybe a quarter or a half and so once i romped on the throttle i just blew out the whole center of the wheel and so i had to run like a pirate and keep my wheel wrench in my mouth the whole time because every quarter lap i had to retighten them on because i only had like a tiny bit of thread to keep them on. <laughs> wow. And there's, there's people, I know Mazza one year had like 15, 15 uh, zip ties just flipping all over the place, just trying to hold it all together. This year at Axial Fest, I actually made a bottom link out of zip ties somehow, and it worked. Ended up, uh, ended up going <laughs> top five, and it, it survived the last yeah. lap, but... It's just funny how people. It's just ingenuity, awesome. quick thinking, NASCAR style, F1 style pits, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was gonna say this year That's at Axial cool. Fest, being that it was a Donner, uh, being, I want to say, almost. I mean, what, I think Donner is almost at a thousand feet above elevation. So being that it's a lot higher than Cisco, I mean, that one was brutal. I would. I saw you guys. Um, setting up the, the course the one day when we were out scaling and I was like man I feel for these um, you know athletes that are going to be doing this because this looks brutal yeah that was a it was kind of a hard course there's a joke that there's always crew hill I always put a mean hill in it because that's like the best for me but uh -huh. that, that was a fun course it, it did have a lot of hills but we did a huge chunk of rock section and there was actually this one super sick wall ride where you just threw your rig and it'd go like 10 feet over your head, basically like a skate park half pipe. And then it would rip down around. And so it had a bunch of lines. And if you hit them perfect, it was just so smooth. But it, was a, it was a fun course. Um, next year, I think, I think they've announced we're going back to Donner next still, year, right? I believe that's what they've been in, you know, insinuating that it's going to be back at Donner. Um, I haven't seen anything that's officially said it's back at Donner, but I have a feeling that's going to be its new home for you know the time being. Yeah, it's a cool area. It's got some cool rocks and stuff. Um, and so I think next year we're definitely going to try to make it a little bit flatter. We found some new areas last year that I think will be good, so we'll mix the course up for next year. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get my bomber back uh, up and running after I steal the uh, electronics out of it for the uh, drag car. I'll have to put some better ones in it to compete in ultra because that's ultimately what failed me when I did it uh, back at Cisco was my ESC couldn't handle um, the constant um, on and off, on and off, on and off, or you know, just giving it all throttle for I don't know how long on a straightaway. I picked the wrong electronics. Let's just put it that way. I went with I got short course electronics instead of crawler electronics. That's what I should have went with. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a good test for tools and motors and every other piece you could put on a rig. Oh yeah. Why we're kind of on the subject then? Um, what 
what all do you put into a rig to prepare it for this type of racing? Um, I actually prefer the stock plastic axles. They uh, they just scoot across the rocks a little better. I feel. Um, and so we do. We I've reinforced mm-hmm. them with beef tubes. So it's got brass beef tubes in the front, aluminum in the rear. Um, pretty much all vanquish everything for links and bar like pretty much everything I can. Upgraded to vanquish wheels. Um, Proline shocks, Proline wheels. The Hyrax is probably the most popular tire. Um, we do a lot of wheel spin. We do a lot of kind of loose stuff to rock. So it needs to be a good tire that really works across a variety. And so um, I think the Hyrax has been on more podiums by far than any other tire. Um, what else? Brushless power, 3S, um, lipos. And that's the battery is definitely a strategy. I can't remember what the new battery is. It's like high V or graphene or some kind of crazy new battery. You guys remember what it's called? But, uh, yep. So Jake, Jake Wright, yep. and Mike Thompson have moved to these smaller batteries. And the last couple of races, they can do a whole 5K on one battery. And so wow. they've eliminated that what? second battery swap. And so I usually, it takes me two, I'm, I'm running 4100s, and it takes me, I have to do one battery swap, and then I still have that second battery. So I'm in two, two batteries to get in. But these guys are already too fast anyway, and now they're not stopping to switch batteries. Wow. That's wild. Honestly, like two, I think, is getting really good, I guess, you know, mileage or time out of one, honestly. Like, that that's pretty impressive, but... Man, the the LIHV ones and the graphene ones, those are pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, it's crazy just how fast the, the sport's growing, the technology. And it really depends on the course. We try to make it a happy medium between running wide open and really technical rock. And my goal is at the end of the race, the runners are mad there was too much rock in the uh, Rock guys are mad because there was too much running. And so if they're both complaining, then I know the course was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good way of looking at it. Like, that's a super good way to look at it. Oh, yeah. I guess my question I have is, because I know you mentioned it about the plastic axles. So if I remember correctly, um, the rules, especially at Axial Fest is they ha- it has to be a plastic axle to compete. Do those rules carry over to the to all the Scale Ultra, or is that just pertaining to Axial Fest? That was the first three years of Axial Fest. This last year, we upgraded it to metal axles just so we could get more people out. Um, there's quite a few people who have built their bombers to survive in rock racing, and so they have gone okay. to a full metal axle. And So we wanted those guys to come play. But for the Scale Ultra, it's really run what you brung. And so Kyle Listel has shown up with his his crazy, fully independent, custom UC Fab rigs. Um, we've had other full metal chassis custom rigs. Um, so really, the only limiter is either a 1.9 or a 2.2 tire, and you can run anything you want. Because it's really limited to how fast you can keep up to your car. So you can have the fastest car in the world, but if you can't run behind it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you're you're true with that one because I know was it 2018? Might have been 2018. Elio's son um ran it and he ran it with a bone stock uh Blazer SCX102 and he com- finished the whole thing and it was a bone stock car. 
Yeah, if you're if you're a good driver and you manage your car, you can absolutely finish with bone stock. And then I've seen a thousand dollar rigs just grenade and blow up. So it's really how how well can you drive and and limit the damage? I mean, it's the thing I love about it is it's a true mini version of King of the Hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. You have all these guys start. You have to go 100 miles an hour across the desert. You have to go, survive through the rocks, and a lot of really nice rigs don't finish. Yeah, and the other thing too is it's like you have to have that split thinking. Um, you know, finding that right line um, and seeing where like you need to actually uh, go, and then you know, almost like preempt the next turn or the next straightaway or whatever else you're doing, so you can kind of know. And it's a lot of you know thinking on as you're you know running. So that to me. That's a fun challenge because you're like constantly trying to figure it out, and kind of once you do, you're pretty good. But I know like that first lap, or maybe the first two laps, you gotta like kind of figure it out because you could have like, like I know for me, I was running on the first lap, and you would find a certain area, and it was like, okay, here's where you need to break away, go to the outside, and just pin it up the thing or up the hill or wherever. And then on the next one, you're like, oh, wait a second. If I would have came this way, maybe I'll shave a few seconds off. And that's always nice to know because I think, like I said, don't quote me on this. The last time I've actually paid attention, I think, was 2018, um, that you call out the actual time as the runner's running by. So you can kind of, ju ju or I guess, gauge if you're going any faster or slower, if it's working, not working. Yeah, and then when, after we post lap time, so we have each lap time, um, we do uh, we do what it's kind of like a time trial start, and so we start one or two drivers off at a time, and so a lot of times you're passing someone, but if they started behind you, they're already like 30, 40 seconds, and so it's cool that way because you don't really, I mean, you have a good idea how well you're doing, like oh, I know I'm top 10, I know I'm top 20, but you really kind of have to go because you don't know how much of a time bonus they have from starting before or after you. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Um, what else? And then I guess let's tie in before we get into the questions that um, you know the listeners have chimed in with um, the shoes, the ultra shoes. Now, how did is that something that just tied in just basically because that's you know the company you know you're working with right now, or um, like give us a little history of how the running you know, aspect or the running lifestyle blended in with it. Absolutely. Um, so when I was at that event with um, Rodney down in the desert, down in southern Utah, I just barely started with Ultra. And um, I had a pair of trail shoes on, and I said, hey, we sponsor these 100-mile races. We do all this crazy stuff. But at the same time, we do, like, these kind of intro trail running classes. And it just makes sense. Um, Rodney always tried to bring in like cooler brands and full-size rig brands like uh, Magnaflow and full-size rims and all kinds of things because there's a lot of carryover. It's the same people that like the same things. And and so we kind of brought the shoes the first year and kind of showed them off and it, it made sense because it was a trail running brand. It kind of instantly gave it that legitimacy of like, okay, this is a running shoe company that sponsors tons of races. This makes sense for them to be the title sponsor of this race. And a few people tried them. They're super comfortable. They're super grippy. And the RC community in the past, they've kind of just worn like a heavier hiking boot or they just wear generic sneakers. 
um, a lot of guys in like Converse or Vans or stuff like that. And and when you really go out there and hike, it's awesome having comfortable shoes. It's awesome having the great traction. Um, Jay Jay knows all too well about how important good shoes are with his feet and his his battle scars from racing. Uh, so Jay, what do you think about the shoes? It's well, this is gonna sound corny, and I. I, if if you know me, then you know I'm being super sincere about this. But honestly, it was a life-changing thing for me because my mobility was super limited because of all the hardware in my ankle. And I was wearing orthotics and all this stuff. And, it, you know, and those aren't comfortable at all because they're not squishy or anything. And so it was really tough for me to really enjoy getting out, you know, and hitting the trail and stuff, finding a shoe that would work for me. And, dude, after my first pair it was a, a pair of lone peak mids and it was absolutely life-changing and so i wear them every day at work now i haven't had to use orthotics in oh my god like what since 2016 i want to say so it, it's been a, a a big big improvement for me you know as far as like just not just enjoying the hobby, but as far as, you know, a lifestyle thing for me, because I am just so much more comfortable now. I was able to finally get off of uh, my prescription pain medicine too, which was a, a huge thing for me. So this is, you know, I mean, to have a brand of shoes that could take care of all of those issues and just improve your quality of life was really, really meaningful to me. So it, it, it's been, it's been pretty rad. Plus, I mean, you know, obviously you're like a fun person to work with too. So there's, you know, the whole social aspect of it too. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and, and there's a lot of stories like Jay in the RC community. Um, if you go down, like all the pro line guys wear them all day via, um, Harley from Harley designs, which a lot of you guys know, he, uh, he has a similar story of Jay. I've just, um, had some foot issues and he's out hiking longer than he ever has. And, and then you have people like Brad Perry uh, up in the Reno area and now in NorCal that that takes his RC car and takes his ultra shoes and goes to 60 and 80 mile epic RC runs and runs the whole Rubicon. And, and then you have Gene and Tony Mazza and all these guys who are just, for fun, they go and hike six miles and they take their RC cars and do all these things. And it's, uh, it's, it's cool because the people in my work they're like, what in the heck are you doing on the weekends? Like, what is this weird sport that you're doing? And I said, like, you guys can make fun of it, but I promise you in 30 seconds, you'll be laughing and having the most fun you've ever had. And so we had a big, um, we had a big athlete event in Moab, Utah, and we had a mini race with employees and our athletes. And I mean, these guys are world record holders. They've won prestigious trail running races. And they look like idiots running because they couldn't drive. They were crashing into each other, they were tripping and flipping the rigs. But they were laughing and they had so fun. And every time I see them, they always talk about it. A couple of them have bought RC cars. Wasn't that the event we did all the wraps for the different bombers and so that everybody had like a different color run or something? That's the one you're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah, and then since then, I've done, I've done a couple media events with those same bombers. And we had people from like Runner's World and Men's Health and Women's Health and um, GearJunkie.com and some of these other Gear Patrol. And they came out and they, they tried it and just loved it. And I've got a couple stories in the works, so hopefully it'll come out this summer. And 
they just they just love when people get out and do different things and and this is this is a great excuse to get outside and even if you're just hiking and stuff it's awesome having comfortable footwear if you have a nice backpack and you got all your tools and you got some snacks and some water and some good shoes and your RC batteries are charged like that's a great afternoon oh yeah the best part about RC cars is you have that 12 year old like little kid inside that's just so fun and then you mix the running and the athleticism and it's just this endorphins and kid fun it's just it's just a blast Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll admit I'm probably the only one of the three on tonight that uh, haven't had the luxury of wearing ultra shoes yet. You know a guy, Adam. So, yep, <laughs> I do. Yeah, you should fix that. It's, it's, dude, it, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I probably just got to get off my button and pick a pair. Yeah, you can uh, pretty much any REI or any running show will have it. Okay. Yeah, we have a local REI. I should go check. And that's one thing, too. I mean, I'm not trying to make it sound like an ultra commercial or anything, but one thing that, I mean, even if you aren't into the trail running scene, like, I've got a lot of friends that aren't also, and they're just like me where, you know, we just go out and we'll do, you know, four or five miles of trail in a day. And uh, those guys are using mostly the Lone Peaks, but um, the... they're really popular up here right now because of how gross it is in the wintertime because the rocks get moss on them and it's super slippery. And that was one of the things that was really nice is the grip is absolutely incredible. So, I mean, even if you're not a runner or anything like that, like safety wise, it's kind of the only way to go. Cause some of the spots that we go to up here are pretty, you know, tall and a little iffy, like, well, should we really be crawling up here? Because something could go bad and that's a pretty far drop, you know? So there's, there's some areas where it's just, you, absolutely depend on having good footwear like that so i mean it's not just the running the running guys either that um you know that this applies to it it can definitely anybody can benefit from it that's into the hobby that sounded very commercial like didn't it (laughs) it's legit though (laughs) try for like yeah no it's yeah i mean we've how many times have we seen online where somebody's like dude is all the hype like real about these and everybody's like oh yeah absolutely yeah it's been it's been fun fun experience both um for me work and especially personal oh yeah and you know what they say when uh work becomes fun you never work a day in your life so absolutely um, do you want to get into the, uh, I guess, uh, listener questions? Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, let's start with this first one. Um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's a, it's more of a joke, but we'll just go with it. Um, it's from Jake Wright, and uh, he wants to know how tall are you actually, and where did you get your start in RC? So I'm six. Uh, he uh, he always makes fun of me when I pass him in races because he says I look like a long gazelle. Because it's like I don't have I only have like two steps. And I'm gone. Um, yeah, six six. Grew up playing basketball, um, and so what tall people do. But uh, where I get my start in RC, um, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. But uh, the first like real scale trail was uh, with Charlie and Mark up in NorCal, and then that first Axial Fest. That's when I met Jay for the first time. That's when I met Maza. That's when I met um, Harley and the Vanquish guys. That's when I met uh, um, 
Paul down at Proline, and I met the 801 boy. 801 boy stayed up all night and put all those parts in my car for me. And um, just the, the RC community is incredible, and and so I've just kind of like fell in love and made some really close friends and some good friends. And um, currently, right now, I'm building a, a new Axial Capra, and then I'm building the new bomber. We're gonna go do some 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 fun stuff and. In Moab, and we're we're trying to do some other famous peaks. Uh, we just Alter actually moved to Denver, and so I'm out here with uh, with Casey Childs, high altitude, and um, so we drove all the way to St. George a couple weeks ago for that that uh, Trail Hero race, and he's going to show me all the local stuff out here. But um, and so definitely fall in love with all aspects of RC. Um, trying to learn as best I can. I haven't built a full kit yet. I've just kind of modded. RTR, but I have my first Capra kit, first XEX10 kit that I'm going to build, and just trying to learn all I can, and and really try to learn how to drive. I can run, but I'm I'm still learning how to drive well. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Uh, not saying that I can run, but you know, still constant, you know, learning learning the lines, learning your vehicle, and all that stuff. So, um, what else? Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, and then Kyle Predmore asks, "Is he fast?" <laughs> I I usually put like during the running sections. I'm usually one of the fastest runners, um, but I I've only won I think just one race. I won one year at Koh, and that's because Jake had had been in an Ultra Four car the day before. They rolled going like 90 miles an hour. He rolled like nine times, Whoa. came into the race anyway, ended up going home. <laughs> uh, he broke something on his car. He went home that night. Turned out he had like a separated shoulder and like a broken collarbone or something crazy. So that's the only time I beat Jake is when he literally rolled a car and broke his shoulder. Uh, and wow, so, that is so gnarly. Yeah. So, I mean, that dude's world champion, um, comp crawler, just super good driver, super good builder. And the problem is he's a pretty good runner, and now he runs a ton, and so he's fit. He's been riding his bike, and he loves the sport a ton, and so it's hard to beat. Like his line, he's just so smooth and just floats over stuff. And and Mike Thompson is, at 801, I think he's been on like a podium every time he's raced, and he's just such a good driver too and just so smooth. And So you have kind of the two things. You have the guys who can run super fast, and I – to be honest, I kind of hack my way through the course, and then you have people like Jake and Mike who just float and just don't break their cars, and it's so effortless, and they don't have to run as fast because they can just smoke through the rocks. Yeah, and that's one thing. I guess to take a quick second to do a shout-out. I don't know if the 801 boys listen, but those guys are some of the funniest guys and some of the most, you know, I guess loyal guys you'll ever meet in this hobby. I I got a chance to hang out with them. What was it? Twenty I think it was twenty eighteen. Uh hung out and I forget I, I still forget what game it was. They were obsessed with playing, but we were there at the camp to like almost one in the morning play I forget what it was. It was hilarious. So Yeah, those guys uh, those guys have car trip to every single five K we've had. Um, they help me build the course. They help me take down the course. They help people with their rigs. Um, they hand people waters. They're like, super encouraging. Like they're just so good for the sport. Like they're the they're the most fun part of the sport 
for really just that the people super welcoming to all people everywhere no matter what what your skill set is they want you to have fun and they'll help your car get going oh yeah that's awesome um i get and then here's another what was that no i just said that was awesome oh um here's one from uh rick taxera uh, he said, if not already covered, can you give the history of how you came up with the idea for Scale Ultra, which we kind of already covered that. And he just wanted to say he really enjoys the live stream of the Red Rock 5K. Is this something you'll be doing for future Scale Ultra events? Any tips for a first-timer, such as what spare parts, tools, would you consider a must um, and or must-haves during the race? Are there any plans to add additional events? Thank you, Chris. I'm looking forward to my first race. And then he also wants to thank, uh, thank us, uh, Jay and myself, for continuing to produce a quality show. Awesome. Nice. Um, That's a good question, actually. Yeah. A really good question. So we did a live stream at the uh, Red Rock 5K. And to be honest, it was my mom doing the live stream. She came. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mom and my sister came out to help with timing so that I could do the race. Um, and so yeah. in the past, we haven't had the best service, but I think going forward, um, I'll bring a tripod or something to try to live stream it. In a perfect world, I would love to get some people on the mic and just be talking crap the whole time and give people live updates. So I think that's kind of that'd better. be so cool. I think that'll be the future of it, um, but definitely want to share it as much as we can. So I think we'll do the live, the live feed going forward. Um, nice. Do you? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean no, you're to good. Um, do you have any like GoPro, like chest rig footage or anything like that that you could send me later so that I could, uh, post that up or, or even, um, I, I guess I can try and find that link too, for the promo video you did video you did. Cause that was really good too. Yeah. We've got two different videos that kind of give a good overview. And then we have that, uh, that athlete summit where we had some of those runners come, which is pretty funny. That's a, that's a good example. Awesome. Yeah. I'll send those over to you later. I was gonna, Rad, thanks. That'll be cool. I was going to say, you know, what would be cool is uh, get somebody with a with a drone that can actually hover, just like how, like on um, a KOH, you can act, they actually like will cover a section aerial, and then like they'll do like the flyover when somebody's just bombing it through the straight section. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, and now with the new GoPros, you can go live direct as well, so that could be cool. What? Yeah. So if I could. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, you connect it to your phone, so I could do a test cam and then just you know, put one in the backpack and off to try it. Yeah, that that is way too cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that because now I feel like my GoPro is ancient because I bought the session right when it came out because I thought, oh, cool, this thing's gonna be smaller, it's gonna be easier to fit places, and I haven't really got touched a GoPro since I got that one. So that that's all news to me about the live. Yeah, I think it. Dude, the session. I think it started oh, with the seven, and then the seven also came with like this new internal gimbal, internal stabilization. That's pretty insane. And the eight just barely came out, and the seven was good. Like you could full on run with it, and it's pretty smooth. And the eight's even better. It's crazy what wow, they've done now. That's gnarly. You know that session that you've got, Adam. Those are actually awesome for in-car cameras. Yeah. You know, like put a. Put them out in the driver's seat and stuff. We did that with our one uh, nine Wraith and shot some video. It was really really cool. Those little ones fit in there nice. Oh yeah, um, I actually got a gimbal for it uh, about a year ago. So I need to. My goal for twenty twenty is pull the gimbal out with that and get more footage. So 
we're kind of slacking. Um, we have one final question from Chris Trudeau. Um, I'm not really sure what he means by this, but I'm just going to ask the question anyways. Is He wants to know, how would you rank the various crawling classes uh, scale? Um, 155, 19, 2-2, MOA, class 1, class 2, class 3 versus ultra, etc. Um, that's what I'm saying. I'm not really sure what he means by this. Yeah, so I'll just take it. I'll take a hack at it. Um, obviously, ultra is the coolest in my view. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump ultra and two two together. Uh, probably ninety percent of our runners that do it do a two two. Um, the bomber's most popular. There's quite a few people that do a wraith, and then a handful of really good um, sex xcx builds or one nine builds. So I'll put one nine. I've actually never driven a one five five. Um, I like to clear things and I like to I like to do difficult lines and I totally appreciate the one five five. It's just not really my style. Um, the the MOA rigs I think are super cool. I've only driven one or two. Um, Jake and Casey from their comp crawling days sometimes have them floating around and they look crazy and I'd actually like to play with them because I feel like they'll help me be a better driver. Um, as far as C1, C2, C3, I've actually never done a comp with those rules and regulations and so I've, I can't really talk to those. Okay. Sure. Um, his last part of the... Well, actually, there's two more parts. He says, which group is the most defensive or claims to be the purest? So uh, I would probably say a mix between the 155 guys and the 19 guys. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the the argument of the scale and I love scale accessories. I think they're super cool, but for me that has to be functional and beneficial. So my rigs are pretty right. simple. From far away they look real, they look pretty legit. Like I do the headlights and the tail lights. Um, I have a super sick Nike Customs metal print, 3D printed bumper on there that I really like. And so I like the clean accessories and not too many things. Um, I like how roof racks and stuff work, but then they put all the weight on the top of the body. And I'm already a bad driver, so I need to keep the center of gravity low. And So I, I definitely have a happy medium between scale, but totally appreciate what they're doing. Um, really good buddies with Matthew Kett over at Scale Builders Guild and just the insane rigs. Um, and then some of like the first guy I ever found was Headquake on, mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. He made this, we've, we're an international scout family. And before I even got into RC, I, I found this crazy dude making this fully wood international scout two, and then like driving it around is like little forest that he made. And so those guys just blow my mind. Like I can't, it's just the craftsmanship is insane. And so I definitely appreciate it. Um, I barely have time to keep my rigs running anyway, and so it's I can't really get into that. But definitely, definitely appreciate what those guys can do. Oh, totally. And I'll I'll probably circle back for that because you brought up some uh, good topics to talk about. Um, his last part is what's your go-to rig when heading out for a bash with friends versus competition? Um, I don't really have a basher rig right now. I would say my bomber is kind of my everything rig. Um, for going off jumps and hitting berms, and it's it's got the fastest motor in it, so that's probably the one I would go for. Um, 
Jake actually built a pretty sweet Proline rig. Their new, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's their big 2-2. Um, he's got a brushless motor, and he had some, he had it down there at the sand dunes, and that thing just floated. It's like the, it's like a short course truck, but it's like an off-road truck too. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, the um, oh, the Profusion yeah. SC or whatever. Yeah, so he had that thing set up and just super smooth. Had the shocks dialed. And we were having a blast with that thing on the sand dune. So nice. I'll probably end up building one of those just to huck off sand dunes and huck off big cliffs. Nice. Um, what I wanted to bring back about that headquake thing is it's funny you brought that up because I think that's actually something me and Jay have never actually really talked about on the show. But if there's anybody who's into, like yourself, like that appreciate the super skill or super scale um, version, this guy's got some skills. The fact that he just makes stuff, a lot of it out of wood, is just insane. Like he does what most people do with styrene and he does it with wood and it's nuts the level of detail it's just yeah so if anybody ever wants to check that out go find him on youtube you'll probably be lost for hours yeah i mean he's basically a wood carver that's just making bodies it's insane oh yeah and then his his videos are really good too he does like super scale and kind of like the slow motion and um and then and then you have like matt and just the crazy things he's built, like that local hawk steam-powered truck that he made is just insane. And But at the same time, like, Matt's come out. He's done a couple 5Ks with us. And um, just Turks and Jeeps, the, the other co-partner, he came out and did one, and those two raced each other. And so it's it's cool that those guys get so nerdy with the styrene and the scale, but yet they, they like to try all things. And they just love RC cars, really. Yeah, another two good guys in this hobby. I mean, there's really a lot of a lot of good people in this hobby, and that's something that me and Jay we've always tried to like kind of like preach almost every episode. Is just you know, there's so many people to turn to for inspiration, for help, whatever. I mean, you're naming off some top you know top shelf talent in this hobby. Absolutely. And yeah, and what you guys have done, two chains with the kids, like it's so cool to see you guys have kind of added some flair and some swagger to the RC. And it's always cool seeing you guys at events. And uh, but they're they're seriously some super good dudes that that like the Tony Mazas and Gene Boyd and and Paul down at Proline and and all the Vanquish guys have been super welcoming to me. And just there's just so many good guys in the sport right now. It's it's insane and. Um, especially in this group, like it's such a big mix of people who come and race. Um, I don't know if you guys know Tatum Batista, who's out of Hawaii. Yep. But uh, yeah. he's just big Hawaiian dude. Like gives you hugs. Just super nice guy. He uh, he's lost like over eighty pounds training for these five Ks, and yeah, he did his first one at Axial Fest last year. And so he did his first one at Axial Fest last year. And then he just randomly happened to be at a high school reunion in Vegas. And so Vegas is like an hour and a half away from St. George. It was the same weekend we were doing the Trail Hero 5K. And so he woke up early, drove up from Vegas, brought his rig with him, and came and did a 5K with us, and then drove back and went to the reunion. And he actually just finished a race, uh, a full-on just normal trail running 5K 
in Hawaii last weekend. So definitely bit by the bug there. And so kind of gives you an idea of the variety of people who are, who are into this and loving it. And really, like, it doesn't matter how fast you do it as long as you're having fun. Oh, yeah. That is very, very cool. Yeah, no, that was another one. Um, I was lucky enough to meet him because, uh, he, like I said, he flew out for Axial Fest this year, so that was pretty cool. I mean, it's it's pretty insane. Like, I mean, I'll drive 10, 12 hours to go to an RC event, but to freaking fly from Hawaii with all your stuff in a, in a – like, <laughs> that got legit. Oh, there's a lot of guys like that. Um, what's his name from um, – I've uh, drawn a blank. Uh, Hemistorm. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he racks up some miles coming to this. Yeah, stuff. when he came to Axial Fest, I think it was two years ago. He uh, he raced the five k as well. It was cool meeting him because I've yep. watched quite a few of his videos as well. Yep. No, he's a funny dude. So, um, yeah. No, that was pretty cool. And then um, I could be wrong. Did he come out to Proline by the Fire this year? I'm trying to think because I know he missed Axial or did he miss Axial Fest last year? Because I know he was at 2018 yeah. and 2017. I don't remember seeing him at by the fire this year. Okay, I could be wrong. You know who it is? I'm thinking of of uh, Matt Kent because Matt Kent came. Uh, he didn't go to Axial Fest, but he went to Proline by the Fire this year. Yep, he was at by the fire this year. So, yep. And then uh, us us two lame birds didn't make it down there. So. I need to. People ask all the time. It's like, man, I want to just to get a. <laughs> it's hard to coordinate everything. Yeah, for me this year, it was. Um, it was just like it was just timing, timing with everything I had going on. So next this year, 2020 or the next coming year, I'm hoping to have a little more, have everything, kind of like figured out a little bit better. Hopefully, be able to drive down. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, it's a cool event, definitely. If you got the time, it can make it. It's a good spot. So, so um, hey, so, I think that wraps up all that. Jay's right. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you end up doing the Yeti Junior shocks on yours, or on the Proline shocks on your Yeti Junior? No, I haven't yet. I'm still rolling the stock shocks. Okay, I wasn't sure. I remember we had talked about that a little bit. So, what what's the go fast brushless system that you guys end up doing in them? Uh, I'll have to look it up. I can't remember. It's red. I can't remember. It's a name that I haven't heard of. It's, it's probably, a little tiny guy. It's probably the dynamite. Yeah, yeah. it's such an odd, oddball size and everything too. Yeah, right. It's like an, a full red can. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like the dynamite because that's the one I think Chino's running. It's pretty much the only small brushless that'll fit in there. It's a pretty. It's a pretty hot little motor. It's it's fun. Yeah, because it's funny. Me and Jay were just actually talking about that because I, I said I'd love to put paddles on there, but that means I'm going to have to get away from the brush motor and go with something brushless. Otherwise, it's not going to look cool flinging sand. Absolutely. <laughs> they're pretty they're, – they do okay on a 3S though, honestly, like with the stock brush setup. They're not like overly slow, I'd say, with the 3 cell. They're pretty True. cool. Um, but I, no, I thought it was, I just wanted to kind of crawl back to that because also I just, I thought it was really cool that they are still, you know, that's a platform that oddly enough, like one of our best selling products that we have here is the, um, 
decal kits, whether it be the wrap or the stock replacement ones in different colors, uh, kits for the Yeti Junior, like that's what we sell the most of for whatever reason. And I thought it was really cool that Axial like still cares about that platform enough to where they release the paddle tires. Like I, I, I really didn't see anything new coming, at least from them. I mean, other manufacturers maybe, but I thought that was pretty rad. Yeah, I agree with you on that one because, you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, when they first announced that Yeti Jr., the, the amount of, I don't want to say hate, but the amount of bashing that came out on Axial saying, you guys are just re-releasing something that nobody cares about, did horrible the first time, why are you wasting your time? To see it actually still you know, gain traction and still have parts coming out, I mean, that's a fun little rig. I, I mean, I took mine out at Axial Fest and actually drove it around, went through the little you know, section that they had specifically for the Yeti Jr. and was just ripping it up and down the parking lot. I mean, it's a fun little rig. It's like, it's that perfect rig you just throw in the truck. Yeah. Yeah, they're rad. I, I, yeah, I'll keep mine clipped in my backpack and I'll just like unhook it, drive it for a little bit and throw my scaler back on my pack instead and drive the Yeti Jr. for a while, then flip it around and drive the other one for a bit like it's small enough to where just you know it's light and you don't even notice a thing carrying it around with you so when you do come up to something that looks like it's going to be fun then you know you can go and mess around with it any shout outs you want to give chris to uh people that support you before we get going uh big thanks to ty teakin jay sor mike at west valley hobbies paul over at uh at proline vanquish Ultra Running for giving me a job and giving me some comfortable shoes and all the boys on the Ultra Off-Road team and just everybody out there having a good time and spreading good vibes on the internet and loving people no matter what kind of RC they like. Awesome. Yeah, um, all great people. Everybody everybody that you've mentioned, you know, hands down, awesome people. Um, and I know Jay says this all the time, but I do got to admit, even though we're having our little technical difficulties here towards the end, I think this was an awesome episode. It, it was, absolutely. It, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We probably should have done this sooner. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Adam. And uh, we will catch you guys next time.